Hello everyone, welcome to the Krida Talks podcast. Today with us we have a football certified coach, a fitness coach, an analyst and a scout. It is Ryan Royasha with us. How are you Ryan? I am good, fantastic. Just uh, trying to make the most out of this uh, period where you know there's enough time for us to spend with our families and yeah. to keep improving as a coach. Yeah. So how has this quarantine been? So you know, uh, most of my most of my friends, colleagues, whoever I know, everyone is uh, rightly so. They everyone's waiting for this to end as soon as yeah. possible. But uh, so am I. So am I. It's not yeah. normal to to be off the field for so long. Yeah. But what I'm trying to do is try and make it as uh, productive as possible. So what I'm doing is I've got the chance finally from yeah. you know our usual busy schedule. to go on to paid subscriptions online to look at more books read a few more books do some research on different coaching methodologies so i am trying to trying to create a situation where once i'm back on the field i'm actually theoretically more uh, you know more knowledgeable kind of yeah. Thing. yeah that's great so now that we have started with the whole pandemic thing and all i would like to know how do you think these think uh, these times or the pandemic is going to change and how it's going to affect the coaching academies and the clubs in the future yes so there's going to be a very very big change specifically to uh, these pay pay as you play academies so you know the ones where parents pay fees and the kids yeah. come and train the major reason it's all a cycle the major reason is that due to the uh, pandemic many yeah. parents many people professionals have uh, either lost their jobs or they have had to take a pay cut some of them even have, to, have had to take a 50% pay cut yeah. so we can't forget a lot of parents who are putting their kids in they are using their disposable income so this is yeah. not like a you can't count this as a essential as a necessity you see so due to that what i expect at least at our academies there will be dropouts specific, specifically for this because many of the parents we can't forget are, you know they are not um, they are not privileged to have enough disposable income that they can just set aside being like okay corona is over we can just uh, you know resume as normal yeah. now, as a result of the dropouts the academies will have to now for coaches they may have to look at how many coaches to keep what kind how much to spend on equipment so financially it's going to it's going to change a lot i can't i can't make a specific you know judgment that this is going to happen but i feel that this is how it's majorly going to happen and also with the professional clubs it's happening not just in india it's happening abroad with uh, with many in england many championship clubs league one clubs even if you look at uh, tottenham hotspur for example they yeah. have laid off a few of their you know back end staff and all that so yeah. with the i i league here the problem is that clubs do, professional clubs don't really earn profit as such yet mm. so it will be interesting to see what they do with the contracts of their player their key staff so their players their coaching staff the medical staff the directors and things like that so that it will be interesting to see how, yeah. how it done also what i have seen is that over here in the clubs they don't have a long term contracts so apart from the players if there is a working staff or the back end staff they are only on a one year contract or a two year contract unless you are on a bigger position so right how how is that going to affect them so because they are on as you said most of the clubs most of the i league clubs and and the isl clubs where if you are not a marquee kind of player so if you are not a chhetri or a jhingan you know yeah. or an udanta or something you can expect to only have a one year contract that's how yeah. it is majorly yeah what i hope is what for the welfare of the players i hope that you know they are not suddenly just released 
yeah. because it makes financial sense to the uh, to the club owners to the decision makers upstairs that you know if there are no if there's no clarity on what the tournament is going to be like what the entire ecosystem is going to be like it's easy for them to just be like you know okay this is your contract done we'll have to terminate it and uh, i i just hope that you know very quickly they do I, there needs to be a decision made firstly by the government and after that by the eifs that this is what's happening because without that clarity it's again hard to comment you know it's we are all in this obscure kind of uh, situation where we we can't predict anything yeah. so the ones who have two year and, and like some of them at bfs bengaluru they have three year contracts they are lucky but yeah it is tough times for everyone on one year contracts players coaching staff everyone included yeah true so let's talk about football academies so if you don't know ryan has his own football academy it's the mega pro football academy could you tell us more about that so i had uh, started this in 2017 i registered it in 2017 as like uh, with of course everyone starts with eager plans so i had uh, put in a good amount before i even got a ground and you know got players in got coaches in i wanted to do it in a different way so i spent around around the figure of 40000 to make it a private limited company this and okay. that because i i managed to you know have a long term thing not a fly by night thing yeah uh, in 2018 we started our uh, we started our first center and our entire aim till now for for the near future is that we are not we won't we won't call ourselves an elite academy so we are not a academy that is you know affiliated with a pro club or something like that okay. it is a bridge it's a bridge between obscure between uh, you know raw talent coming yeah. to us for a year or two and then making it to the youth teams of a professional club or you know a professional academy so far we have had uh, two girls who have gone on to play for the district team for the state team we have got a few a couple of boys who have who are playing for the uh, junior team of professional clubs so that's our role we are just bridging the gap and that is one reason one main reason why i even started this academy because i felt that there's no feeder there's no bridge for you know for players who are not good enough to become good enough yeah. and i mean there are enough academies but no one who has a proper pathway as such that you know you do this for one year and then two years and then off you go kind of thing so we are constantly talking to every club in the city every academy that's better than us to say you know come I'll keep coming to our academy and take our players please take our players we want to offload them because we need greener pastures for them but uh, so what are the difficulties you face during this because you as you said you are not affiliated with clubs you are not an elite academy you are taking people off grassroots you are trying to build a grassroots not even taking off grassroots so how does that affect how in the running of the business so it does not reason being that we are very clear about it we don't say that you know we are that you join us and this is what's going to happen we are just, we are just a training center Okay. so we try and be as modest as possible so although we have a record of having players who who constantly make it to a bigger level we try not talking about that we try and you know we don't tell parents that this is these are the players who have come to us and gone there for for the for the parents and every prospective client it is that this is going to be a fun after school training center it's a different case that all our coaches are highly qualified we take we plan our sessions a week in advance we try and run it as a professional club and academy but we don't tell people about that so that's why because we have not given any hopes to anyone any hopes and you can call it false hopes you can call it big dreams or anything like that we are not really answerable so we try and give 
parents more than what they are expected. So parents feel that okay, this is like a recreational after school academy, but then they have that delight that wow, you know, our kid is now playing for the state team. Yeah. So that's how we done it. And okay. I feel if as long as we are honest with everyone else, we are you know we work to the best of our ability. There's nothing, nothing that can affect us. Yeah. So uh, as you are a coach yourself, and you might have coaches under you, or you coaches which you work with. What are the job opportunities in the market right now in terms of coaching and fitness coaching? So, when you say right now, do you mean during the pandemic or the Indian ecosystem in general? Let's take the general ecosystem, but also factor in that now that the pandemic has taken place, how will it affect later on? Okay, so in the in the general ecosystem wise, the so coaching as a profession is always going to be a challenge anywhere in the world because. There are in a squad, in any squad, be it in the professional club or at a at a youth academy, you'll have 25 to 30 players in the squad. But you'll have at max, if it's really professional, you'll have five coaches: the head coach, the assistant, the goalkeeping coach, the fitness coach, and you know one maybe a team manager or something like that. So these are five football staff that you can see. So that will always be a challenge because there are so many coaches that exist in. Uh, in India, in the world, it's always, I believe, more difficult to get a job as a coaching staff rather than a player. Although players being up, getting a uh, a club or an academy as a player is, is very challenging. What I feel is that it's it, there is no shying away. So there is no way of uh, you know trying to use shortcuts in order to get a job because it's so challenging. So come what may, the best ones get a job, and I feel it's a good thing. It's a good thing because. This leaves us with all the all the coaches who are genuinely dedicated to their profession. Yeah. You'll if you notice there are many coaches who'll get their AIFFD license done and they'll try it for a year. And for the, for many coaches they get into the game thinking that, you know, yeah, we have done our education, we like playing football, so let's try our hand at at making our passion our profession. But as as easy it is as it is to sound that let's make and as cool as it sounds that let's make a passion our profession, it's a very hard thing unless there is hours of back end studies, unless there is a proper plan you have on how to develop the players. You're one of the Joneses, you're one out of you know the five thousand or whatever the number is of license coaches in Maharashtra. So yeah. that's why it's get that uh, that element of honesty into it that either you're either you're you're dedicated at your profession, you have to have a genuine love for coaching, not love for the game, not yeah. being a massive Real Madrid or Barca or United fan. You have to have a love for the profession of coaching which involves de- uh, developing players. So unless you do that, I'm sorry most people they are they resign, they decide that you know let's go back to our corporate jobs because it's hard to uh, make a name in the game. Yeah. So I think I think that will always be the challenge, be it a coach, be it a goalkeeping coach, be it a fitness coach. Now, since you have mentioned fitness coach, I feel a little bad for them when it comes to football because uh, fitness coaches, they put a lot of studies into their sports science degree and yeah. you know numerous TPDs that they do. But unfortunately, as football administrators or whatever, we don't recognize how important they are to us. Yeah. So when we are setting up that okay, this is going to put for be put for for this profession, for this occupation, this for this occupation. We believe that a football coach can look after the fitness. Yeah, they definitely can because in all the courses they teach us about uh, fitness, but not at the level of what a certified or a completely specialist uh, fitness coach can do. And yeah. I believe that. 
having a professional fitness coach helps in terms of money because you are spending x amount on their salary but then think about because of the rehab measures that they put in place how many injuries can be avoided and because those injuries can be avoided you have a player playing available more more of more often than not and that way you are saving more money because imagine you are spending x on one person to yeah. prevent injuries that's better than spending x of a higher salary to a player who's not available to you yeah true so yeah so, so that I, and, I, and you mentioned about the about the current uh, the pandemic situation the current yes. affairs so i feel you know everyone is doomed right now be it a player be it anyone in fact if if people at top positions at a well known corporate are facing tough times then i am sure we can expect us in football to to go through the same yeah so uh, you said about education and what effort you have to put behind becoming a coach so when the clubs are appointing coaches what are the educational qualifications they are looking at so when it's a professional club they look at where, where, what license you have okay do you have a d do you have a b a or pro if you are a pro club a professional club you are usually looking at the pro license people and after that the a license people there are what i like about the aiff is that they have set up these you know for whoever is registered as a aiff affiliated academy that yeah. they have these kind of guidelines that if you are running an under 18 team your coach has to be of this license their assistant has to be of this license so that way the aiff are ensuring that, that people who have actually spent their time their resources their effort they are the ones who are getting the jobs and also for the um, for the coaches they have this they have a end like they have a they have a aim you know there's something at the end of whatever they do that okay we'll get this done and now we will coach at in this tournament be it the i league or be it whatever tournament so i think um, i think that way education this coach education that the aff are uh, putting in is helpful okay uh, so uh, i would also like to take a step back and talk about grassroots so uh, right now it's pretty much stagnant but what are the steps which you think are important which need to be taken in india to improve our grassroots development yeah so grassroots number one it's not only you know when people talk about grassroots they feel that it's the seven year old who can't kick a ball it's not just that a first 50 year old who has never kicked a ball is also part of the grassroots yeah. so it's the entry level it's the proper entry level of football yeah the first thing that any country needs to do there's a pyramid now you know we talk about india trying to qualify uh, india should qualify for the world cup and all that is the last stage that's the top stage of the pyramid yeah what we need to do is we need to get down and down and the first thing with entry level is getting more entries so get so increasing the participation yeah. the only way we can the participation is by setting up more provisions for academies so in it's wonderful that at least in bombay i i know a bit of bombay because i'm from there actually i moved to pune recently uh, 2 years ago okay the good part now is that every place you go to an area within an area has an academy so that is good because any parent who has who, who has a kid who has a, a difficult schedule with uh, school and tuitions and a guitar class so you know how how it works then yeah. they, for them it's like okay, two days or three days a week the kid has to cross the road and play football so that's good i mean that way you'll have more kids playing and yeah. as you have more kids playing that gives you more of a pool as both a as as both a, a, an academy and as a youth uh, junior national team and all that to pick more players so instead of having to pick 
20 out of 1000 you are you are able to pick 20 out of a lakh footballers young yeah. footballers kind of so as that pool keeps increasing that at the end the national team coach has got more people to select yeah. so that's how i think we get developed grassroots yeah so as you talked about winning the world cup so what i personally feel is that what people try to compare is that how in 83 india won the cricket world cup and before that the cricket was not usually followed in india but after we got the success, it was that you know, the following of cricket increased. So that's how people try to measure it. But as you said, it's not just that. It's about increasing interest in people to play. So Absolutely. I completely agree because, with that. Yeah, I mean, in 1983, in, you know, India did. They weren't, it wasn't as big as before. But then we can't forget that every kid or every person who's, who was slightly interested in, 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 in a sport, they were playing cricket. Be it in, even if you're playing in your society or, you know, in, a, in, in, your, uh, in some free area outside your house, that's still counted as playing a sport. So, that tradition was always there before independence. So, this has been there for many years and then in 1983 or whatever, you know, the success came. Yeah. Also, uh, as we know that you are also a fitness coach, certified fitness coach. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I would like to know something about Indian people in general. We are not the most gifted people in terms of physical fitness. Some people say it's our diet. Some people say it's the genes. What do you think? What is the main reason we are lacking? Right. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna paint a, a wrong picture. So I am qualified as a fitness coach, but not as a football fitness coach. The yeah. uh, being qualified as a football fitness coach means you have to do the AFC conditioning course. So I've not done that because that one can do after completion of your B license and all that. But I am qualifying right now. Right now I am qualifying for the K11. If you have heard of them, it's the yeah. biggest like uh, fitness institute for all the gym trainers. So yes. I'm doing a diploma in personal training from K11. I have done my from the IIFEM. There's an organization called IIFEM. So I have done my advanced personal training from there. I've done my nutrition course. I have done a course on strength and conditioning. I've done one on uh, just for in. Information one on steroid use. There's a course on that. So I've I've done all the all the most of the top qualifications available for a gym kind of professional, not for a football professional. But if we are trying to link that up, then uh, the first thing that India that we as Indians need to do is pay attention to our diet. You see, the thing is that we can do as much of fitness training and all that, but then if we go and you know have have this much carbs or this much rice and then decide to go to bed before the digestion happens then you can do as much of fitness as you want you can you can run run 10000 kilometers it may still not really help that much so i think before we even go into fitness training we need to look at our diet and i i can't again we can't blame ourselves because we as indians are blessed to have a wonderful indian cuisine i mean who's who's going to say no to Amazing pani puris. You see, so whereas, and, and I can tell you that India, that way we have an advantage of everyone around the world because if you go to Europe, you can have your have your uh, sandwich or you know your spaghetti bolognese or something like that. Whereas yeah. over here, you can make Maggi in uh, in a hundred thousand ways. So, yeah. so that's how it is. If we are interested in fitness, we may have to take put that in a bit under control, and and we can be as fit as anyone else. Okay. Yeah, as you correctly said, we are blessed with great food though. 
we have a wonderful cuisine endless endless cuisine so i mean i before i even got into football i used to make the most out of that cuisine fortunately my metabolism is such that i don't put on weight you know very quickly but yeah i mean i am guilty as well we all are guilty true so uh, i do follow mma very closely and also there's this very wonderful fitness coach or coach in uh, mma faraz zahabi he has trained some of the greatest in the game and what his philosophy is in terms of coaching a person before a fight is that don't give your 100% train at 75 don't do, do it till failure and i was surprised with that philosophy so do you believe in that sub philosophy before a game as a coach would you tell your team to not train full fledgedly so there are two ways of looking at it at it i mean this legendary mma person he's got the track record to back it so yeah. it could be right i mean maybe but there are enough coaches successful coaches in football who say that the way you train is the way you play yeah. i believe honestly i believe that it's important to train at your 100% that's my opinion because if you let's say you you know you're taking training lightly then what's going to happen during the matches that you're physically you're not prepared enough because you have not exerted your body your body is not used to it suddenly you're going from training at 70% to suddenly playing 90 minutes at 100% yeah. that could then lead to injuries or whatever then tactic uh, tactically you're going to be being like okay you know we are doing set pieces let's just let's just move away from the wall when we are practicing defending free kicks let's not get hurt and things like that and then the problem is your body your mind is uh, already has already got got i mean how do i explain this so they have they, your mind is already prepared that if while we are defending a free kick doing that and letting it go past is an option and it's a lead back yeah yeah so i mean i would personally want players players i would want coaches so we don't look at ourselves we coaches like to criticize players i would want coaches players we should all be giving our 100% in whatever we do because that way i would rather give 100% in uh, training and then 90% in the game than give 70% in training and have the possibility of 60% in a game but then again i can't say there's any right or wrong because the mma person is successful so you yeah. know it works i mean the different things work for different people and that's the benefit of sports there's no one one size fits all kind of approach yeah. so where he comes from is that you do not give your all because so we go for a very quantitative kind of training and not quality and intensity is there it's not less intense it is intense you are not doing it for failure so he believes that your body should not be sore after your training so once you are uh, so once you are training it's like he, if you are having a sore body you will train four times a week maybe five if you stretch it rather i do not exert my body and train all seven days of the week so uh, this is again there's another approach to, uh, to 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 counter that kind of thing so soreness happens because of delayed onset muscle soreness delayed onset muscle soreness happens because your body is not able to adapt to the sudden change so i feel that you know why is it that football clubs work hard in pre season it's yeah. because that way the body is getting adapted to the hard work that's going to happen continuously throughout the season i mean let's take uh, let's take the i mean the one of the best footballers in the world cristiano ronaldo yeah. i don't think there's a session where he, where he does not 
burn himself out completely and he and that, that is again why fitness coaches are important because they'll ensure that your recovery and things like that are taken care of so you've trained at your 100% you've killed your body but then after that you use your recovery techniques you use those ice baths you use those foam rollers there are million ways of doing that and um, to support see again there are so many ways of doing it now to support his kind of philosophy Brian Clough he was one of the best uh, managers there ever was the late Brian Clough and yes. sometimes what he would do is before an FA Cup semi final he would take his players to the bar and say everyone no one's this is a true story he, he said no one's going to leave the room until you say, tell tell a joke that i like and that was what he did and it worked out he, they beat someone in the FA Cup final so you know there are again if if there was one rule then then everyone in coaching would be drawing matches Yeah. no one would beat anyone against anyone so this is interesting i mean it's interesting to know how different people do it in a different way yeah so uh, as a coach you have your own academy so uh, in football so we come from a consumer tech uh, incubator space and i would like to know uh, what are the new techs which you are interested in in terms of coaching in terms of football in terms of fitness so yeah So the first thing I want to do, I mean, I'm trying it. I've already put a system in place, but with the limited funds we have, we try and record our video, our training sessions using that, uh, you know, that handy cam and the tripod stand and yeah. that. And we, after we gather that, if you look at our YouTube page, Mega Pro Football Academy, you will find many of our training videos. We don't take those videos to, you know. put it on youtube and advertise it's more yeah. for us to you know as coaches while we on the pitch we have to look at 10 things we have to look at so many things we may look at what the goalkeeper is doing but we may miss out at that particular time what the striker what the striker's movement is like so what we try and do is we gather that video we put it on youtube for whoever wants to look at it and for the players to look at it mainly so they can see how they have performed there that gives them a bit of motivation and self reflection opportunity but for us we can with a calm mind no pressure of you know putting a training session proper dealing with different situations at that time we can just sit with a cup of tea and coffee watch our watch the entire training session and then be like wow you know i we i miss looking at this during the training during the training session maybe we now that one has observed this in a in a no pressure environment now we can work on this thing in the next training session so i am a big supporter of technology in uh, in sports in general and in football it's good that it, that in the isl you have got so many uh, performance analysts match anal- match yeah. analysts and like that. uh what i would like to do is there are these uh, companies like stat sports then there is huddle so huddle, yeah. i have in fact done courses i have done a huddle course i have done a dartfish course because i'm always interested in the in how to you know if not make the team better at least how to make myself better by using every resource possible i am now trying to start tagging so again i'm i'm mainly a coach i'm not an analyst so i can do the basic stuff i'm going to now start tagging my videos i'm now going to start making different clips and it's better i feel that you know when someone asks a player that uh, sorry when a player asks a coach that how was my performance we usually base it on the observations we have seen that this and this you are good at this you are to improve at this what i'm going to try and do now is already it's in plan this is why corona is good you see you can plan all these things yeah. uh make different clips of the month of of whichever player it is and when that player comes comes to say that you know what was my performance like here's the video this is what you are good at this is what you are bad at this is what or not bad at this is what you have to improve at and uh, this is a report on 
according to my judgment on what you can do so there's evidence behind the feedback i give yeah that's great also uh, yeah, you are going for the uefa b license right yes i am Please. yeah so uh, how has the situation changed the goal the last email i got from there from them because i had already registered myself the making the payment is still left i have registered myself the last mail i got was that uh, everything is on hold until the pandemic gets over because there's lockdown over there as well but of course they have eased it out so there are certain restrictions but you can still move around uh, at that time it was strict yeah i was not sure because you know this ufab from wales is the most suitable for me it's a five day or six day course i'm not too sure but it's it's around five and say five or between five and six days and um, that's a big thing i want to do the ufa b per se is not just the ufa b license is not uh, applicable to work at pro clubs in india because you need to still get it equalized by the afc by the iff and the afc but i why i do that is because there are different ways of uh, there are there's always something to pick up from anything so there may be someone on the on the pitch lecturing about something there's still 1% you can pick up from there so what i try to do is i go to, i have in fact i've done my c license which is the c license level 2 or whatever you know the the c license i've yes. done it from the english fa the welsh faw the sfa in scotland and the aiff c license and i have not till today i have never tried equalizing a license because i feel that you know instead of taking a shortcut may as well go there and these european courses have really improved me as a coach next level so things that i would not pick up or you know my teaching my delivery style all that is all those have improved because of these courses now when it comes to what my plan is for that the as we when we started talking it's financially hit everyone this yes. coronavirus but it's it's financially hit everyone now that ufa b license is going to cost around 2 lakhs or something so i need to now see i need to now make a judgment that how much is my academy going to be making how, how much will i be making going to different places to coach and things like that and then i need to make a forecast because i have to i have to not only do my uefa b i have to also do my asian b yeah so that's why i am in like unknown unknown territory kind of thing so until there's a clarity on what's when life is going to get back to normality it's a difficult judgment to take but what i would say to every coach is that you know the if any course that they get it, that, that there's a chance to do yeah. may as well go to that and in terms of courses i have done both online and offline i am not kidding it's crossed 50 oh. uh yeah it's crossed 50 the all on the cv it mentions the main ones but it's crossed 50 i have done psychology i have done football medicine i have done different analysis uh, courses i have done things like lgbt courses you know on how to involve lgbt players how to involve this differently able players so i have I mean there's no end to gaining knowledge is there yeah true 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 uh so many of the people who are watching uh, might would like to pursue their coaching careers and would look up to you what are the advice that you would like to give them the advice is that before they even step into deciding whether to become a coach they need to have a good hard uh talk with themselves that is this a profession that i genuinely dream of doing is this a profession that i can see myself doing until my body tells me i can't the this can't be a backup option or you know an option that let's see how it goes because 
football coaching is a ruthless environment in senior team football if you lose a few matches there goes your job in junior team football if you don't develop players enough there goes your job in order to successfully achieve these targets you have to have a madness about the game and also about how to improve players there needs to be a before before even you before you even go for your new AIFF e license the grassroots certificate before you even go for that one has to have this conviction that this is what i see myself doing for the rest of my life and only then once once one has talked to themselves talked to people who they want to take advice from who they look up to only once those boxes are tick marked yes that you know i i really dream of i want to do this in in life as a profession as as everything then you can go on to the e license and then keep making your way up on the license path and while licenses are important work experience is equally important yeah. when i got into the coaching profession i did not have a target that okay let's go into a club because i wanted to i wanted to try, uh, explore every kind of environment there is in youth football so i went and coached academy level club level school level university level uh, ngo level so you know that way you get every perspective possible so i think yeah the main thing is that you need to step number 1 you need to uh, make sure that this is what you want to do because it's a ruthless environment coaching step number 2 is get your certifications done because that is what's your that is what will make you get recognized as a actual coach and step number 3 is try and get work experience in the first year or two of coaching wherever one can okay uh, also getting to a bit of the financial side of the thing is coaching a well paid job in india depends on what level you are doing at there is unlike the unlike normal jobs you know your every step you go to the, the salary increases that way now if you are a top coach if you are uh, let's take names if you are khalid jamil or you know if you are a top coach in the industry then there is no shortage of money the the a ceo of a company will be like you know this guy works only 3 hours a day and he earns double of what i do but then that is the minority that is a very select few of whoever are doing that yeah the next comes to people who are really you know they, like this is the gap so you're either here or you're here there's no middle part middle. in coaching so if you're not over there earning your lakhs and crores then you're over here working for 300 bucks a session okay. 500 bucks a session you're working as a you're working as a coach and not only as a coach but as every other role possible as a as a tutor as a you know as a mentor as as a first aid person as everything for which you get paid uh, 15k 20k kind of thing yeah again corporates pay 20k but then after after 6 months or a year that 20k becomes 30k very quickly whereas in football it's you're stuck at that unless you you know do really well in life and then from there you go directly there so that's the big challenge about football and that is why i say that you know being knowledgeable as knowledgeable as you can being on your top game as much as you can is very important because very easy to for for club owners or for employers or for you know whoever be it a school be it anyone for them to decide whether you deserve to be here or whether you deserve to be here Great. It is a key profession. It definitely is. Yeah. Also, you are a football fan. I know you love playing football. Do you love watching football? I am a massive Manchester United fan, and massive Manchester United fan since two thousand three. 
not since you know since cristiano ronaldo joined united long ago or you know things like that it is from a long time since a very very long time it's been manchester united i i watch every game of theirs that's for sure but apart from that because i feel that watching matches educates me more it yeah. helps me with you this is the shape that a team is playing in it that is like a like a cpd like a learning process for me that's why i try and watch as many premier leagues as i premier league games as i can because i like to see how a top 6 team are putting tactics in and how a bottom 10 team are playing long ball and still getting the results so that's yeah. interesting and apart from that i try and i i watch the isl i after the premier league i watch the isl because it's good to know what's happening in in our own country and thereafter if there's a bit of time left then i watch a la liga game here or there i watch a it seria game right now i'm it's we are lucky that at least the german league has resumed yes. so i'm watching a german league game that i as i that i can and yeah. let's see how it goes yeah i love how you have to justify that you are not a fan because of cristiano ronaldo because i have to do the same i'm a, i'm a real madrid fan <laughs> and i have yeah, to justify yeah, yeah. it every time that i am not a real madrid fan because of ronaldo Yes, I mean that's what. So now for Real Madrid fans, this is the next test that the latest Galactico uh, Hazard. Hazard. It's not going as planned. So now, now you will be stuck with the actual fans. Yeah, but, but looking uh, at how Real and Barca are going here and there, I won't be surprised if there'll suddenly be Atletico fans coming up from nowhere. Yeah, but Real Madrid being Real Madrid, they are going to plan and buy Neymar and Mbappe. <laughs> they are going for Haaland. Let's Hale. see. Let's see. I mean, let's see because after this pandemic, let's see what the what finances are like. I mean, yeah. will they have so many millions to spend on someone like that? Yeah, like in the near future at least. True, true. So Ryan, it was a lovely chat. I, it was a pleasure having you on the show. So it's been it's mainly been you asking questions and me answering but I just want to give you a bit of credit for this entire initiative this you know people organizations like or initiatives like Crida Talks and things like that it's good that that in these last few years things like this have come up because earlier you were, there were people in football always doing great things it's not started 5 years ago it's been happening since 1950s but they didn't get that recognition so it's nice that people organizations like you are taking these initiatives you are actually recognizing that talent and making the word spread because that can only lead to more motivation to people like us in the game that you know like wow we have done this and now we are getting recognition for for doing our thing so that's a big motivation motivating factor and i hope that you know you can keep doing this i i saw your you had done one with the grassroots uh, king yes, of yes. india prashant singh prashant singh you had done one with him and i i hope that you keep you know interviewing players coaches not just players and coaches managers physios kit men whoever whoever's involved in football so i hope these kind of initiatives keep happening more than it's easy for it's easy for me to come and talk about myself but it's harder for people like you to plan your questions get in touch and that so so it's all like you people i believe are the real stars and you're counted as you're actually counted as media you're in the media segment so without media the premier league would be nothing you know so that says it all thank you thank you so much and you deserve all the recognition there is and we would love to plan plan and keep doing what we are doing and we would love to have you back again on the show in the future again Why not? hopefully hopefully always with the b license available for football yeah always always available to talk about football great great thank you so much ryan so, yeah, thanks a, a lot chat. for thanks a lot to you for taking time out for this and i hope that you can get some other people on your show continue sure, continue sure. Thank you so much.
cool then thanks a lot okay. today thank you you're welcome and great chat see you see you take care